America, Washington, D.C., signing on. When the Santa's It is 2100 Eastern Time, and we are on the air, of course, in the virtual Green Dragon Tavern. I am the Commandante of the Mossy Oak Militia, back in the hot seat, back in here for yet another episode of Sons of Liberty. And uh, really good to be with all of you after an absolutely huge... Scout course, recce course, you can probably tell by my voice. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much talking I'm going to be doing tonight as our uh, co-hosts are going to be bouncing in here because uh, my voice is shot. Uh, we do have a lot of ground to be covering, uh, a lot of big news things that are going on. There was a lot of stuff that was happening during the scout course. During the recce course, um, of course, it was uh, you know six days straight of small unit tactics and kind of give the the uh, listenership out there a rundown of course of events, how all this went down, how you know w- what exactly is all of this that we do. Uh, <clears throat> so I've been running the scout course for many, many years now. I think the very first one was, was way back in 2017. Um, so we've been, been doing this for a hot minute now. On day one, we take students, everybody that's, that's coming to class with your rifle, whatever it is that you brought, and we're going to take you out to 400 meters with it. We're going to get you confident with your weapon system out to 400 meters. Uh, we'll walk you in. Now, predominantly, uh, and, and I really need to do an episode on this, um, what we, what kind of what I see across all classes and, and what we get um, for weapons setups and what I think is, is really the most effective. But, um, you know, typically it's going to be an AR-15 topped with an LVPO, uh, low-power variable optic, uh, LPVO, rather, low-power variable optic, uh, normally in the one to six category. <clears throat> see a lot of primary arms, see a lot of uh, Vortex, uh, Strike Eagle line, a lot of bullet drop compensators. And, uh, you know, that, that's that's where we are. You know, that, that's kind of becoming the de facto setup for, you know, the modern uh, Patriot rifleman. 
and it's very effective. I can tell you that, um, you know, it is, it is very, very effective at building riflemen. Um, you know, I offer a, a lot of products that support that. I see some folks in, in the comments, blue squirrels and product selection in stores, exceptional. Uh, thanks brother. I really appreciate that. And, and, you know, everything that I have in the store is structured around, uh, supporting, you know, what, what we do in class and, you know, follow on equipment and you understand why it's relevant. But, uh, anyhow, day one marksmanship day, it's a pretty laid back day. I run a pretty laid back range. Um, you know, you, anybody coming to class thinking they're going to get some kind of boot camp style treatment, bullshit, whatever. I don't know. You ain't getting any of that. Um, going to treat you right. Going to treat you like a friend, going to treat you like family, going to teach you how to shoot, going to make you more dangerous. That's how we roll and, um, you know, have a hell of a lot of fun along the way. And, and we do that. So starting on day two, we get into individual camouflage concealment, uh, your team movement techniques. So, you know, all those good hand and arm signals and then immediate action drills. Uh, so your, your, uh, immediate action drills, not like completed battle drills. There's, there's a, a differentiation there. Um, you know, so anyhow, it, it's, but we go deep into it, right? We go deep into it and, and folks get really proficient with it in a hurry. Then we get into ambushes. You're going to conduct uh, a couple of ambushes during the day, a linear ambush, L-shaped ambush during the day. And then at night you will conduct a movement to contact, uh, which is a dress rehearsal for the raid that you do on day three, learning how to properly conduct a raid, uh, the mechanics of it. And, of course, you've got alumni there that serve as the Op 4. Uh, they, and, and a big shout-out to them, they really, really make the class what it is. Um, the, the alumni who come out and are just highly motivated um, love to be around all the new students that are coming in, all the new faces. I mean, it, it, it is a brotherhood like you wouldn't even believe. And I tell people, you know, every class I, I say, this is all the best times I had in the army and none of the really shitty ones, you know, and, and, um, it, it's awesome. So the recce course picks right up going deeper into it. You learn a couple more ambushes, the V and the Z ambush, uh, adding layers of complexity to things. And, and of course you're doing quite a bit more movement. You learn actual reconnaissance techniques. So area zone and route, uh, the clover leaf technique for, uh, an area reconnaissance and communications techniques that are, uh, very important. And we put a big emphasis on data bursts. And so kind of, um, you know, not reliant so much on voice communication, but sending out data bursts primarily to, to minimize that RF signature. And, uh, by day three, you're running successive sectors and, and hitting multiple targets with teams working in tandem. Um, you know, six days straight, it is, is an absolute ball smoker, uh, it is a course like there's, there, I don't know of anything else like it that exists out there. I know there, there are other small unit tactics courses, um, that, that are all real good folks that, you know, any, any amount of training you get <clears throat> anytime that, that you're out there, uh, you know, and, and, and putting it down, you should be training with, with as many different people as possible. 
you know, you, you should really be logging those hours. <clears throat> but um, anyway, you can tell my voice is, is just really not having it, uh, which sucks because we've got a lot to talk about. But uh, anyway, had an absolute blast, a packed house, you know, two classes back to back, a packed house, incredible, incredible humans, um, great, great patriots. And, and I think just a really awesome, uh, incredible microcosm of, of America. Just, just, you know, you, like literally we had people from both coasts, North, South, East, West, Midwest in this class. We had people from all corners of the United States, literally in this class. And, um, it, and, and like we typically will, uh, and you know, it, it's, it's just something that's very, very special to me. Um, you know, it, it, it throws off all of the black pills that people may have, all of the, the despair. And, and what I think is really funny is, is when, uh, you know, this, these things get discussed online and social media spaces and, you know, public venues and whatnot. And some of the, some of the great reactions, which are really awesome to see, they're just really beautiful to see. And then some of those really humorous reactions that are like, Oh, this is not real. Or, uh, you know, but, uh, I don't have money. To, da, 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 da. I mean, look, you know, training costs money. And I'm going to tell you this, uh, all the blanks for the course, blank firing adapters, everything. I supply all of that. You know, the, the, the cost of tuition goes to the blanks that you're using and they're running around 50 cents of a round per round. And you fire a lot of ammo in class. And I'm paying for the, the op four too. You know. So unless you some sort of sack of shit fucking grifter out there who thinks everything should be free. Those are called Marxists, by the way. Um, you can shut your fucking mouth online when you're like, oh, why does training cost money? I'm gonna come to your job and ask you to do something for free for me. How about that? And we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, so I, I love, I love shitting on those people because you never see them, by the way, you'll never see them in class. And on the rare occasion that you do on the rare occasion that you do, they make everybody else's life in that class miserable. Believe me, I've only ever kicked out of class three people, three out of the thousands of people that I have trained since 2016. I've been doing this since 2016. I've only ever kicked out, removed three people from class. There's been a few others that came close, but didn't kick them out. Just, you know, hey, man, I'll grin and bear it, right? I can get along with anybody for a little while, but three people, you know, and, and y'all know, the, the folks who know me personally know that, that it takes a whole lot to get me worked up. Uh, so, you know, it, it, but those guys deserved it. And, and those people that you see, that are like, oh, everything should be free. Was training, blah 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 blah. Oh, I want to go just play airsoft with the, these people over here. Um, yeah, those guys avoid them like the fucking plague. I'm telling you, you're not gonna gain anything with those people. Nothing, you know, because there is no standard with that. Uh, they just they just want to talk about gear endlessly. They never do anything. 
and and that's that. Anyway, I'm gonna get off of that topic because you know we started this thing in a good mood. We got a hell of a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, British container vessel got sunk by an undersea drone. Um, this is kind of not in the title of, of the show. I'm going to get to that in a minute, but that happened while the course was going on as a British flag vessel, really big deal. All right. This is a really big deal. This is one of those things that's kind of got memory hold already because of what, what's been going on today. But this is a development in the Red Sea that several of us feared would would be an escalation. Uh, the Ukrainians have been using semi-submersible drones to great effect against the Russian Navy. We knew that this would only be a matter of time before the tables were turned um, because we, we know for an absolute fact that the Iranians... The Russians, the Chinese, the North Koreans are all sharing technology and that they have submersible drones as well. And now the Houthis, as a proxy, have a proof of concept that this can work. Uh, the shipping container vessel that was British flagged, uh, some people were saying that, that the, the, what little bit of footage existed from it, and, and there is a tiny amount that uh, there was very little flame. What this what this essentially was was a keel buster. All right, you're, you're not going to see a, a lot of flame out of that. Uh, the vessel itself isn't going to have a lot of flame either, especially depending on where um, underneath that boat that the the uh, detonation occurred because what what happens when when that that occurs is that it ruptures the hull and it is uh because of where it is down in the bottom of that vessel is very difficult for it to be repaired and so for a surface uh container ship that has a, a certain design requirements going into to what it is and there are, are guys i know in the comments section uh in the chat room tonight uh, who who are sailors and and you know have way way more experience. I you know I'm speaking on this kind of as a layperson who's always been very fascinated with ships and the ocean. Um, you know, and and I've, I've just been really really fascinated with all of that ever since I saw uh, as a very small child Hunt for the Red October the first time, and and it's still one of my favorite films. But uh, anyway. Uh, you know, long story short, um, that vessel, to my knowledge, it sunk very, very quickly. I think, I fear that it's going to be a, a matter of time before these attacks are carried out on U.S. Navy ships that are operating in the region. Uh, now, I know that we do have uh, at least some safeguards uh, against that, but... You know, the thing is, is that your adversary only has to get good once. And, um, you know, I, I will say this, and I'm praying for the sailors that are that are operating out there. Uh, you know, you boys are, are in harm's way and in a very, uh, uh, very visceral manner. You know, so our, our sailors and Marines that, that are operating out in the Red Sea right now and, and really the, the greater Persian Gulf, the, um, the, the, the uh, Western Indian Ocean, um, you know, that it's, I think it's, it's going to get very real, uh, soon. I think soon this, this is a big escalation. 
the way that I see it. Uh, anyway, anyway, that's um, uh, you know, kind of kind of my take on it, long and short of it. And and again, there's a lot of people. There were a lot of people floating around the scout course and the recce course had way more experience and all that than I am. That you know, experienced sailors, uh, submariners. You know, it, it, it's, it's just really cool to see how many former military of, of all different, like we just have this microcosm of like all the services showing up, you know, it's, it's, it's just really, really cool. Um, and so you get, you get all these perspectives. And so when you're, you know, you're talking about that after hours, uh, when, you know, we're all hanging out, it's, it's just really fascinating to hear all that. Anyway, episode tonight, 87 blackout freak out edition. There was, um, uh, widespread cell phone outages today, uh, AT and T, T Mobile, Verizon, uh, a lot of the uh, uh, subcontracted carriers that are out there um, were were all like uh, Straight Talk, for example, and Track Phone and Cricket and all, all of those. They were all experiencing problems. Uh, a lot of those use either Verizon or AT and T as the backbone uh, for their networks. They were all experiencing uh, problems. And I, I think it's really interesting that the mainstream media attributed this to uh, a solar flare while there was no, uh, there were no other disruptions uh, to, of note. There, there was no uh, satellite disruptions that, that were serious. Um, but, you know, it, it only seemed to affect cell phone service in the United States. Uh, and, and Israel, by the way, reported a very similar attack yesterday, and it was attributed to a cyber attack coming from Iran. Um, it's interesting to me because two days ago, uh, kind of in an obscure corner of the Internet on GitHub, uh, there were details of the CCP's plans to attack American telecommunications infrastructure. And I shared that over on AmericanPartisan.org. Uh, so you can take a look at that article, uh, snippets of it. The article itself was pretty short. A lot of the details were on GitHub. And if you're not tech savvy, you're not on the up and up on all that. Maybe some of those details might be lost on you. But the quick and dirty is, is that they plan to disrupt telecommunications sector. Um, so, you know, the, the whole solar flare story is kind of bullshit. There was a solar flare, however. Um, that much is, is correct. There was one. And there is another one that is on its way. Uh, another X-class solar flare. It was an X6.3, uh, I think, which is a, a pretty large one. Um, you know, the, these, these are pretty big. They do pose a threat to communications, uh, satellite communications, SATCOM, as well as, um, you know, I, I don't think that this one would be a Carrington event style uh, thing. But, you know, 
the potential is, certainly could be there. So, you know, you may want to take some of those precautions. If you don't have a Faraday cage um, to where you can put radios and, and maybe some sensitive devices, hard drive with, with you know, important stuff on it, you might want to think about that. Uh, go back and listen to episode 145 that I did with uh, Dr. Arthur Bradley also known as the EMP doc. He's the, the leading expert on electromagnetic pulse in the United States. And, um, you know, that he, he talks through how to build a very inexpensive Faraday cage that is highly effective. And his YouTube channel is really incredible, too. There's no fluff over there. It's just straightforward. This is how you do things. And he tests all of it in his NASA lab. Uh, so can't get any better than that. Anyway, I've been talking for 20 minutes. My voice is, it, 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 every bit is as hard as it is for you to hear my voice right now. It hurts that much worse for me to talk. But uh, we're going to be discussing a few things. We're going to be discussing Elaine Chow, uh, Mitch McConnell's wife, her sister, showing up dead uh, mysteriously not that long ago. Some ramifications from that. It's a story you probably have not heard or covered or have been covered in the mainstream media, but one of the largest shipping magnates in the world, uh, in the world, up and dying all of a sudden, and nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody's investigating it. Nothing more to see here. Um Got a lot of CCP links and ties going on there. It's kind of, kind of, sort of strange, a little bit strange, uh, as well as top lobbying firms in Washington, D.C., reportedly dumping CCP companies uh, who had very strong lobbies in Washington, D.C., and what that potentially could mean for the future. But uh, anyhow, with that said, the man, the myth, the legend, let's move on to some of our co-hosts in here. Tacticalwisdom.com, the Joe Dolio. <laughs> hey, man, still recovering <laughs> from the week. Uh, it was a wild one. Uh, it was beautiful. And I want to tell you, props to the students for surprising me, the king of surprises, right? Uh, I, I was set to ambush them and, and they popped up within inches of me and gave me quite a fright. So outstanding group of students, outstanding bunch of op four, really glad to get together and see people come down and, and not just train together, but grow community together. A lot of folks made connections with people back in their area, which is really what it's all about. My voice is kind of going too. It's, it's been a long six days. Um, but it has been a fantastic six days. Uh, I did check in on Doc Teddy Bear. He did make it home safely. Uh, there was some he doubt did. about whether that was going to happen. <laughs> but Doc's in good shape. Um, anyway, it was a great week. I was really glad to be there. Um, pretty happy about all of that. And then uh, you and I were proven right once again. Our prediction from, I don't know, about two and a half years ago on Moldova yeah. came 100% true today. And, I, uh, I went back. That was the first podcast that we did together where we yeah. talked about that. Yeah, it was a long time ago, and, and we nailed that it was. right then. We're like, hey, look, as this starts to draw to an end, you're going to see some movement in Transnistria to push over Moldova, and that's where we are today. So crazy. Yep. I'll say it. Wow, Odessa man. is still on the menu. So Very, very, very much so. Very, very much so. Um, 
we're we're about to see some some interesting, very interesting developments. We're moving down the list. Somebody who hasn't been in here in a long time, one of my absolute favorite people in the entire world, a man who I don't get to talk to enough, but somebody who has been just putting out some incredible content over on Twitter with his very short videos. Most recent ones he has done on basic antennas. And boy, oh boy, anybody that's been to the RTO course knows that they look familiar. Uh, my very good friend, a purveyor and appreciator of cheap ass ice cold beer, Tango One Papa, Wyoming Survival. What up, fellas? I, uh, what, what's up, bro? Your volume is, is like way down in the weeds. Oh, oh! Try to try to disconnect the Bluetooth microphone and talk into the phone. I'm not. I don't even have Bluetooth connected. Oh. Phone. That's all I got, man. Ah. How how can you be the fucking comms wizard? You ain't got no microphone. Yeah, here you are. Yeah, so sorry if my volume's bad, everybody, but I am here. Nah, it's all good, brother. It's all good. It's all good. We'll see if we get you sorted out, man, and we'll get you in here. But while while I have your attention, when are you coming to North Carolina? Whenever you decide you're good to hang out. That could be, that literally could be the middle of March if you want it to be. It, it's whenever you want it to be. Right. Yeah, if you want to try for middle of March, I'm good with that. <laughs> you, you, you tell me when you're coming out. I'm going to be, I'm going to be uh, a little occupied the first week of March. But after that, man, you should, you should come out here for K's class for, for uh, ground rod one and two, man. Ah, uh, it is the third week of March. He's gonna have ground rod one and two. He's doing um, uh, night fighting concepts, which is gonna be that. That is gonna be a badass course. And uh, for anybody that that is interested in taking it, and you're like, ah, man, I don't have nods. I don't have all this shit. Hey, I know somebody in the business. I know somebody in the business. We can we can get you some nods. Uh, but no, in, in all seriousness, uh, for anybody that is interested in taking that class, and, you know, equipment limitation, you know, you don't, you don't have this, you don't have that. Let me know. Um, let me know. I, I, I can hook you up with, with what you need. We will, we, what we'll do is a, a small rental fee and, you know, you, you can, you can utilize my equipment. We'll just do it that way. Um, but, uh, seriously, you know, K, K is one of the, the, uh, I think the the best instructors in the tactical space. I mean, the, the man, the man's first of all, the man's got the most legit background. I think you can get. 
um, in, in all of this, but he is a wonderfully gifted instructor on top of that. Um, uh, just a, a wonderful man, a devout Christian, you know, you, you, some of y'all have probably heard the podcast we've had online, um, you know, here on radio Contra that we've done, but I'm telling you none, nothing, none of that holds a candle to working with him in person. You know, he, he is, he is just such an incredible human being. And, um, you know, you, you're just, you, you're going to learn so much, but, um, Tangle One Papa, Wyoming Survival, brother. You you've got some classes coming up too, don't you? I got uh, a class every month. I think starting in April. So I got one in. August. Hell yeah! In June, I'll be in Oklahoma teaching three day class or three two classes three days, and then the rest will be up here in Wyoming. Dude, I'm telling you, if if y'all are out there, it you know if you're out in Oklahoma. If you're out in, in Wyoming, if you're anywhere in between, hell, if you're here on the East Coast, if you and, and and here's the thing, if you want to teach something here at my place, you know, you 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 want to uh, put together a, a class on the road, man. You know, I gotta return the favor. I mean, you you hosted me at your place. I gotta return that favor to you, brother. I appreciate that, man. Hell yeah. And and we will drink uh, as much ice cold paps blue ribbon as you can hold i promise love the pbr <laughs> oh man it's good shit it's good shit all right moving down the list johnny paratrooper hey buddy you sound, oh, there you are you sound amazing dude amazing well, you know, when you put it all together and and, 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 and you start to look at it all. The hundred thousand foot view. When you when when you know, I, I I was sitting there with Joe Rogan and and we were doing we were doing DMT and I saw the elves and, and the elves re revealed to me what I had seen at the Bohemian Grove was was really it was revealed to me by my ancestors as a, as 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 part of a spiritual journey that that I would warn the free peoples of the world against the globalists. <laughs> my voice is fucking fucked up. Playing. Yeah, it is. The um the. Man, there's like a, on top of all the other stuff that's going on, I'm reading up on the solar flare. There's apparently a cyber attack going on right now, too, on yeah. the pharmaceutical billing process. Well, I'm betting the first one was a cyber attack, too, because I've never in my life seen solar flares that specifically targeted some carriers. And Yeah. Totally a solar flare. Totally. Yeah, it's a solar flare, and I believe the next one is going to have uh, two percent inflation. So, when we get hit with like three times as many solar flares, it's actually only two percent extra solar flares. So, that was a that was an inflation joke. I hope it landed. Best economy. It landed, ever, Jack. <laughs> 
man, I bought some burritos at a Mexican place and I guess the chips aren't free anymore. I wish I hadn't eaten that many chips, but yeah, inflation, huh? <laughs> Yikes. You know, it's a sad day when you go to get a burrito. And and in Austin, Texas, I got a really good burrito down in Austin, Texas. There's there's a place down there. It's just it's it, 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 it's killer. The, the the rumor is is that uh, uh, back back when when you know Austin was founded, that that uh, uh, Santa Ana came in and and at at one point after he had lost his leg, he stopped in there and he got a burrito. That that's just a local legend. Don't know if that's true or not. It's local legend. I was down but, there with Blair White the other day. I, I was down there with Blair White. We we were uh, just having lunch. beers. We're just we're just, have, we're just having beers. Uh, you know, and I, I, I was I was saying Blair. You know, this is what it looks like to be an alpha male. <laughs> right here, it's an alpha male. You know, Blair, you make a mighty handsome woman. <laughs> oh man <laughs> totally we're we're totally that that right there I, i've been i i feel like i've been formally blacklisted from the alternative news celebrity circle like they, they're like they're gonna hear this pie this is gonna be like the first one that one of them hears and you'll be like no mm -mm. yeah no nope. they're gonna be like they're gonna be like <laughs> oh this guy got it. Oh. This guy got hit on by Nick Fuentes. We can't have him <laughs> talking about that. Oh. That dude was making bedroom eyes at me all night, dude. Clark Gable Jr. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, JP. I mean, I, that that day we had NASCAR together. You know, I was doing the same thing. Just saying, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> so. I heard the scout course was really good. Some of uh, some of our mutuals were calling me, yeah, and telling me they they ran it backwards. They were up for it. And, uh, well, I, I know, yeah, I know that a certain someone I think was supposed to send you a selfie of the, uh, of the two of us getting lunch in a certain part of Virginia. So uh, I'm assuming. Yeah, it did go out. I thought he pulled you over. I was like, oh god, I gotta bail him out. How much? <laughs> no, no, we, we organized meeting as I was leaving to head back home. We organized meet and lunch, me and a couple of the dudes. We even had nice. a special guest appearance by Risky Krisky too. That was pretty pretty awesome for everybody. That was great. Yeah, oh, yeah. I want to meet that dude. Yeah, he came and hung out for a little while. It was oh, it, it was cool. Dude, I was man, trying to get dude. him to. I was trying to get him to stay. Uh, to, to put on his mask and be be a special uh, be you know special HVI for him to look for so that they could they they could absolutely get paid. They'd be like, you know, we see this we see this guy over here. He's he's got a master blaster mask on. You know, we're gonna we're gonna take a picture of him and I got eyes on Jason Voorhees. We got we got eyes on Jason Voorhees right here. So we've got. <laughs> Capture the schizo. <laughs> Capture the schizo. Capture the schizo. Yeah. Yeah. That's priceless. Yeah. It's, uh, it's good. To, it's good to play 
it's good to play op four because it's 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 good to run an L-shaped ambush and it's good to be in the middle of one and it's good to do all that stuff. Well, I'll tell you, man, the class, the classes, the, the, this last uh, set of students, man, they, they did quite well. Um, you know, we, we uh, my team, particularly on the capstone for the scout, we were in a certain part of the um, exercise and they did quite well. Now, I will say we were set up perfectly, but it's because we... We, we have the terrain memorized, but they did quite well. And I was impressed with, with how they performed. So uh, any of the students that are, that are listening right now, shout out to y'all. That was, that was a really impressive class. Uh, unfortunately, I had to leave Monday before the recce course took over, but I heard good things about that as well. So, um, which I had no doubt about because there was a decent amount of carryover between scout and recce, but the scout course in particular, y'all did really good. So, so pat yourself on the back for that. Yeah, hundred percent. That was, um, that was, that was really y'all. I mean, every class sets the bar extremely high, just e e extremely high. And, um, you know, I kind of get I get sad when you know the, the class is over and it, it's time to punch out um, because it's it's like man, you know it it every one of those groups it's so it's so special to see uh, a group of people who by and large have have never seen one another before, much less you know work together, uh, and all of a sudden you know in, in very short amount of time they become a functional team. That, that is fighting fairly effectively. And Scout, uh, I'll, I'll add real quick to that point. A lot of times when I do these classes, you know, I'm down there, uh, you know, three, four, five times a year, and I see a lot of repeat faces, right? So they have some familiarity with the either you know, the two of us had RTO together, the two of us had Scout together, we had something together. This group in particular was, there was a lot of faces I hadn't seen before. And so my thought when I first saw him was, you know, in the classroom day one, I'm like, I recognize a couple people, you know, not a lot. How is this going to happen? Because a lot of times when I look at the class, I, I remember who knows someone in another class from this. And so it was a very not connected class, but yet they gelled so quickly that that to me is the number one thing that stuck out was this group of individuals who came down there to train, spent their hard earned money to do this, came together so quick around a common goal. And so if I had to say one thing about this class, it was the least connected course, but the fastest the gel course that I've personally seen down there. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, it, 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 it was it just really really incredible man um you know and and i miss him like I'm, i miss him it's kind of like uh it's kind of like when you you uh you come back from a deployment and you're, you're so happy to be home like you know back safe back in conus and you know you're seeing your family and you know all all that stuff and getting kind of reintegrated with with society but at the same time you had this bittersweet feeling of like, you know, what a time it was when you were deployed. Like, like it's, it's, 
it, I mean, and it doesn't matter like how shitty the deployment was or whatever, like all the stuff that happened. It was it's it's that tight, uh, inseparable brotherhood that you've built uh, w- with with your family. Like they've become your family, and when you're not deployed, it's different. Like the like like it's a very different feeling. Um, but when you're in that moment. You just you have this bond that, that is indescribable. Like like people have written so many books about trying to describe that bond, and um, you know and and really can't get it. And and for me, when those courses are going on, it's very similar to that. Uh, the feeling is very similar to that. So it's it's um, it it it's really really special, and to see the the. Um, you know, all of the alumni that come back to, to be the opposing force, uh, you know, they, they feel it too. And, you know, like they feel it too. It's, it's, and I, it, it, it's really something it is. It is really, really something. Uh, so anyway, get moving down the list, getting some work done here. You know, we, we get, I could be talking about a scout course all night, but I don't think y'all, y'all really want me to, uh, Quick, one more little admin note. I want to shout out to new products that we have got in stock from AGM and US Night Vision. Uh, dual tubes back in stock. I've got some white phosphor dual tubes, uh, BNVDs, 1431s back in stock as well. They're going to be going up tomorrow. Uh, and, um, you know, really, I, I mean, right now I'm stocking up. Uh, I am stocking up. I'm getting everything that I can get my hands on because I'm expecting that at least in the near term, uh, meaning uh, Q1, Q2, you know, we're kind of entering Q2 of 2024. We're, we're getting into that. I think that, that you know, night vision especially is going to be in, in high demand. Uh, coming up. I just, I see it. And uh, all, all the things that are culminating in the world. So I've got a, a lot of products coming in. Um, Gen 2 night vision. So a lot of people, and I'm going to do a podcast on this, uh, kind of breaking this down, you know, where you should be, like where your, your considerations should be on different budgets. And some of these answers might surprise you. Um, but the, uh, the Gen 2 units, uh, that I got from AGM are really incredible for the price. You know, you're not, yeah, I, I, I'm going to say you're, you're, you're not going to be undergunned with Gen 2 uh, with these units, I, I think, uh, especially the white phosphor, uh, really punches above its weight class. Now you will see a difference in gen, between gen three and gen two, obviously, you know, lower resolution, lower FOM. Um, but if you are on a budget, when you start looking at night vision, that, that rabbit hole goes deep and it gets real expensive in a hurry. And if you kind of don't know what you don't know and you want a good point of entry into that, or maybe 
you know, hey, I can't really justify spending, you know, four grand on this high end stuff just because some online influencer told me I needed to. I just want something that I can observe things at night. Hey, you know, I'm telling you, $1,700 for entry level price on, uh, you know, set of Gen 2 uh, AGM 14s. Look, you know, in my opinion, looking through it, that's, that's, they, they're real damn nice. Me personally, I am buying more of these just for me to have on hand because I've got guys in my inner circle that look, they're living hand to mouth. Um, you know, they're penny pitching a, a penny at the end of the month to get a dime and they're not, they're probably not ever going to be able to afford that. But I'm in a position to where I can set things back for them at that time. I can train them on their use, you know, in in my spare time. And that can be there for them to provide that capability. And and on their part, it's not for lack of skill. It's just that's just a reality. And that I know that's the case for a lot of people out there. So, you know, I went to to my guys on a forum and, you know, kind of my little focus group and said, hey, you know, here's a list of things that that are coming down the pipe that I have. I'm anticipating. What do you want the most? And Gen 2 Night Vision, less expensive night vision was the top of the list. So that's that's you know where I'm putting my effort and uh, that and thermal. So the Stingers, uh, Sting IRs from AGM got these in and the the 384s are really really something that's cool. Uh, the 384 resolution, the 640 will just absolutely blow your mind. They, they're awesome. They really are. Uh, especially for what they cost. It's like, uh, 3495 for those. They, they, they are expensive. I get it, but they, they're lightweight. You can wear them. Uh, it, it, it's it, think of the old Fleur breach and how cool the breach was. But in, let's say updated with a much better processor, Better resolution. Bam, there you go. And uh, the the 384s, I think, are really, really doggone good. They've got an integrated uh, compass in the display on them. And uh, I was using one, and one of my Op4 guys had bought one of the other ones from me. And we were handing off targets to one another, just observing the woodline. Uh, during the nighttime raid in the recce course. And it, it was, it, man, I'm telling you, it was so cool. You can also use that as a clip-on, meaning it's got a weapons mount. You can use it as a clip-on in front of an optic. And uh, I put it in front of my Night Force NX-8, and the uh, the 640 was really good up until about six power magnification. And, and that's when it started getting a little grainy. You could still make out plenty of stuff out at distance. It was, I mean, you could positively identify anything out there uh, to probably 300 meters or so. It was just that the magnification was was making things a little bit grainy. But um, I'm telling you, uh, that 384 coming in at, at a little over two grand. Um, I think that's a, right now the probably the best two thousand dollars you could spend. Instead of buying another AR-15 that you don't friggin' need, okay, how many rifles can you shoot 
put your money into the enablers. And I'm going to say that the first thing you should buy is night vision. But the very next thing that you need to buy right after that is thermal, like without a doubt. And I'm kind of getting to that point where I'm going to say that, that having a, a very versatile thermal unit, it may be the first thing you need to buy. I'm not quite, I'm not quite there. Uh, I'm not quite there, but, but I think that they're co co-equal when it comes to importance. Um, so anyway, you know, that, uh, stinger, it, it comes with a, um, um, a dovetail mount to use with like a Wilcox, uh, G24 mount, which we've got those in stock as well. And a lot of places don't have those in stock, but we do. And you can, you know, you, you could use a bridge mount to run a 14 on one eye and the uh, uh, thermal on the other. So really versatile, really, really versatile piece of equipment there. And uh, special, you know, just, just really, really special stuff that we've got going on. And uh, I, I'm excited to be able to offer all of that. I'm excited to be in a position to do that because it's been very expensive to get into this. Um, very, very expensive to, to build this company. But, you know, y'all's response to it has been nothing short of amazing. And and it has propelled us forward in all of this. So uh, anyhow, you know, enough about that. Let's 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 get to some serious business. We'll be doing more podcasts in the near future where I break down night vision thermal you know, different budgets, different considerations for different points in, in your training, um, where I think, you know, you need to be and, uh, what your equipment considerations for different, um, scenarios and use cases should be. But, uh, anyhow, anyhow, a couple other little notes of interest, uh, Catherine Harridge. This is another interesting story. The Catherine Harridge story, uh, her getting fired, CBS blamed it on, uh, at first just staff layoffs. Although Catherine Harridge is a veteran reporter. She worked for a long time for Fox. I remember when she was over there and, uh, you know, not really a, a political entity, just reporting, uh, things as she saw it in DC, uh, that was what she was hired to do. And of course she goes over to, to CBS and she was working there for a little while. And it has come out now. The New York post is reporting that she has, she was fired and CBS seized confidential fi uh, files of her pursuing the Hunter Biden laptop story. And that this move is unprecedented. Um, my very good guess is that this has something to do with Chinese CCP money that was coming in, that was being laundered. We know that Hunter Biden had deep ties with that. Of course, he was a, uh, had a very brief career as an art dealer and, um, there, there was certainly that. So I'm, I'm guessing it's my, my intuition is telling me and, you know, it's my, my, <laughs> it's 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 my personal intuition here uh, that she she stumbled onto that she was barking up the wrong tree and uh, discovered a link to the CCP that is one of these things that we all know but uh, she didn't want they did not want getting out and they put the kibosh on her 
So, uh, you know, there's that. Of course, there's also the story about lobbying firms in D.C. that have now uh, dropped, that have now dropped CCP-linked companies and uh, it, that they're, uh, they have, they've dropped these guys. So the name of the company, and I was stumbling over my words a little bit here. I was, uh, I, I was pulling up the names of these lobbyist firms and the companies that they were tied to. This is coming from Joshua Steinman on Twitter, and he is linking an article by Daniel Lippman and Caitlin Oprisco. And uh, this was posted just yesterday afternoon. Uh, the first one is first in pie uh, firms sever ties with China clients. And uh, so we have here a list of the companies, the Aiken, Aiken, Gump, Strauss, Hauer and Feld, which began lobbying for Chinese LIDAR maker. Uh, so laser uh, radar system has side group in August filed termination paperwork over the weekend firm reported earning $300,000 in lobbying fees during the course of its work for his Brownstein Hyatt Faber Shrek also parted ways with his this week after being hired in September firm reported being paid $220,000 over the course of its work for the company. Some Hill staffers had previously informally told Brownstein K Street's top lobbying firm by revenue not to take such clients. Uh, the Vogel Group, uh, this is one that I'm familiar with, has also dropped Chinese drone company DJI, for which they have lobbied since 2022, and Complete Genomics. Ooh, I wonder what they were up to, uh, which it had signed last fall. The firm reported pulling in $865,000 in lobbying revenues from DJI over the course of their relationship and $450,000 from complete genomics. Uh, so doesn't seem like a huge amount of money, but where there is smoke, there is fire. And these are pretty serious tech companies that are being dropped from these lobbying firms. So there's something bigger going on with this. I'm fascinated by this uh, and the timing of these agencies dropping CCP firms as they were being told to do. I think that's a significant part of that story too. They were being told to do this. Who were they being told to do that? Who, who is the overarching authority there on K Street? Because they're all in a big club and you and I, we ain't in it, right? As as the, uh, the late, great George Carlin has been quoted saying and proven right over and over again. So... Uh, you know, guys, what do y'all make of that? I think that as the Anybody? battle lines are getting drawn, folks are deciding, hey, man, this stuff's getting kind of serious. I probably should divest myself of, of my investments in a company that's about to get booted out of uh, American sales. Yeah, that's a good assessment. Uh, I think the DJI is 
probably one of them that's that's on the chopping block. If I had to be a guessing man or a betting man, rather, <laughs> I am a I am guessing here. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm guessing here, but if I had to be a betting man, that I would I would say DJI is is uh DJI may end up being on the chopping block here real soon. Uh, we, we've seen them have uh, a lot of scrutiny thrown their way by the FCC and the FAA, and um, you know that that would that would account for at least some of their lobbying. So I do see that happening. Um, what else, guys? I mean, it doesn't surprise me that. She's in the crosshairs because she's one of the few that I trust, right? Someone in the comments mentioned uh, Cheryl Atkinson. I trust her because it's someone who's lost her job. Mark Hemingway is another one. Catherine oh, oh, oh correction. You're going back to the Catherine Harridge story. No, sorry, sorry. I, sorry. I was taking a piss. What did I miss? No, no, you're fine. You're fine, brother. Oh, sorry. I'm just my, – my two cents is 100%. I believe that, you know, that was 100% political. And then just give me a 30-second brief while you just talking about. Because I was literally... <laughs> I figured you guys didn't uh, want to hear that. I muted. No, nah, it's cool. It, it, Chinese lobbying firms. Oh! oh. That have been... That, well, Chinese companies that have been dropped by some of the, the primary lobbying firms on K Street. Well, K Street, K Street is always going to cover their ass. But you know that K Street. So when I was going to college, I wanted to be on K Street as a lobbyist. Um, you know, I thought it was a cool thing to do. One of my mentors was a pharmaceutical lobbyist. And I always thought it would be a cool thing to do. But you get to see the ins and outs of Washington. Um, with regards to that, you know what they're going to do is, yeah, they're dropping them. But then another LLC client's going to pop up and just do the same thing. So to me, seeing K Street distance it, it's like, oh, we got bad press. Wait three months and then we'll be good. Because I don't trust a single thing that comes out of anyone from K Street's mouth. So that, that's the way I view it. I'm very skeptical about K Street. I've, I've talked to a bunch of those guys, gotten inside into the way they operate, and they really don't care about anything except making a buck. So if the Chinese firms get called out and they're like, hey, we got a distance from you. Hey, by the way, here's my telegram. Hit me up in three months. Form a new LLC will be good. So I might be jaded about it, but that's my two cents about that. Johnny, what say you? I, uh, I think they will go through with these bans. And I think there. I think we're actually going to see. Um, I, th I think uh, my a, f a friend of mine, who you've who you've, uh, you've you've spoken to, he thinks that uh, Twitter or X is being engineered to be a replacement for TikTok. So when they ban TikTok, people have a have a place to go and transfer all of their. Uh, little videos and stuff and relaunch themselves when it's, when it's banned. Um, but the, the law firm that's representing TikTok is one of the major lobbyists. Um, I have some experience with them. They also represented 
uh, Biden's campaign. Um, so it's hard to say, like, are they holding it back so that he can use this um, to get some votes before election season? It wouldn't surprise me, you know, grab the bag and then, you know, you know, hold off the hold off the hold 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 the reins back on on regulating all of this or outright banning it. Make as much money as you can. You and all your friends make as much money as you can pretending not to ban it. And then right before the right before the election, we'll see them ban it. And these laws that are coming out, they're going to they're going to spend a lot of time getting these laws just right the way they're worded and and who gets exemptions and who doesn't. So the first round is is probably not it's probably going to end up dead in the water but a, a couple once they once they try a few more times i think they'll i think they'll have the language a little bit a little bit nailed down better and and have some more people on board but we definitely need to start first of all we can make our own drones i don't understand i mean you can go to a hobby shop and make your own drone there's no reason to spend two or three grand on a Chinese made one. I mean that you can build your own and it would be even better. Um, there's a million videos on YouTube, how to do it. It'd be a fun little project. Um, and so I, I don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, personally, when they do ban them, I was checking out some Reddit stuff about the, the ban. Cause you know, the, those, all those reds over at Reddit, man, they, they love their Chinese electronics, but, Really, it's um, it's looking like it's looking it's looking like they uh, it's looking like they might end up going through with this by the end of the year. And I t I typed in um, Chinese bands into a, a search engine, and there's a lot of stuff that's dropped in the last week trying to get some of this stuff banned, and a few other countries are are trying to get some of this stuff banned too. Let's see, TikTok bans in Montana, all kinds of stuff. They're, they're really, really getting interesting. But it, the, 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 the main thing I, I don't think is gonna happen is that we, we do know that the, the, the Biden, Biden and company, Biden and associates are, heavily tied into to Chinese um, these Chinese products and, and, and I guess TikTok would be a service and a, maybe a product I don't know but it, they they really I, I mean they're kind of in too deep to say that they're not making money off of this and uh, and then the I, I personally think TikTok needs to go because it I mean it's it's just weird, I think, to have. It's toxic. It really is. And it's they, they, like everyone's self-diagnosing themselves with all of these diseases. And they, they, I was, I was, I switched to primary care. I, I'm sorry. I, I got a primary care physician through my new healthcare. I met with him and, and he said, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, you know, addicted to TikTok. So I pretty much have everything, you know, I got ADD and dyslexia and Tourette's and he's like, oh God. He's like, I have like 15 kids a, a week in my office about that. He's like, he's like, man, <laughs> I was like, I'm kidding, Doc. <laughs> like, uh, I can see it in your face, though. But I mean, it's well, yeah, I mean, all social media is horribly toxic. 
all. It, it really is, and, and but TikTok, TikTok is. Bad. Yeah, it's it's presented. It, Instagram is kind of its its direct competitor. Um, you know, and and YouTube, you can this this kind of new phenomenon. YouTube, it's that's uh, they're they're trying to compete with Instagram and and TikTok. Where you have a very short. Yeah. Yeah, the, the shorts. You have a short video format that's like two minutes or less. Um, you know, and, and but here's, uh, here's the thing: it, it, a it, lot it, of you know, we we wanted to dismiss that as being stupid. A lot of the young, younger generation gets their news from that. So, I had a text exchange with my niece not too long ago, who's 14 years younger than me. Um, just out of uh, uh, high school, and we were talking about somehow geopolitics came up, and she started citing TikTokers as her source for geopol geopolitical information. And I was sitting there going, shaking my head. This is this is oh, not good. God. But this is this is where they come from. And so, right, there's two responses to that. There's one is, okay, we got to tell them they're fucking stupid, which is what I told her. But two, director and right sources. But but that whole thing, that idea of, yeah, like social media is having this effect on them. Like it, I, my mind was blown. And so dovetails right into what Johnny was saying, where it's like, yeah, you have this and you don't really know how to address it. I mean, it's so bad. It's, it's, I mean, like, God, I mean, I couldn't believe the crap I would hear out of people's mouths. And, and Neither like, could I. I remember somebody, I remember some kids in college were telling me that they were like, yeah, we didn't land on the moon. And I'm like, and how many times did we not land on the moon? And they, these kids that are, they were in college to be teachers, to teach young <laughs> minds. And he said, once and i was like we went to the moon six times dude like we have like 1200 kilograms of moon rock like we didn't bring them all back on one trip like i mean how do people not know this we tried to get there were like 18 apollo missions six of them made it bunch of guys died trying to get there like it happened like you know it's not a conspiracy see see and like yeah i yeah. mean it's a, it's exactly, exactly that though that 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 conflict you're saying I was just, I was flabbergasted. I was like, I, I don't even know what to say. It was that level of, I don't know, cognitive dissonance that I was like, I, I, okay, I don't know what to say, so we're going to end the conversation. Oh, they, I mean, I've, I've straight up talked to younger people, and they think that, like, they don't think ISIS is a threat. Like, they think, like, Trump supporters are a threat. I mean, this is, like, real. Like, people really well, believe this stuff. Depends on, on threat to what. Yeah. And truth. And uh, yeah. it, it's, they, it, and that's the thing is, is a threat to what. Um, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, shifting gears, yeah. let's talk about, let's talk about something else that's uh, pressing. Uh, and I think is been overlooked omitted from the public eye because everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team, right? You know, kind of an ode to the Lego movie. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day. Yeah. I've got a, a very strong background in sociology. 
And, uh, you know, I had talked about the Lego movie years ago and wanted back in the day, wanted to do an episode on breaking down the Lego movie. And just for some reason, I don't know what it was for some reason. I had that song stuck in my head during one of the movements of the recce course. And I, it just hit me. It was like, man, you know, you said you were going to do that and you never did. Um, and, and kind of explore the, uh, the Lego movie as it, you know, the, the sociological concepts that go into it, like, um, you know, Gramsci's hegemony, the theory of hegemony and, and how hegemony is maintained. Um, you know, a lot of C. Wright Mills goes into that movie, how it was written, how uh, the, the sociological order of things is is maintained, uh, how, the, you know, the power elite, which is manifested in, in uh, Will Ferrell's character in President Business. Um, you know, I mean, the, the, the film is is obviously it's a on, on one level, it's a children's movie. But it is very much an allegory to, uh, you know, uh, sociology and, 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 you know, these sociological concepts, which are very valid. And I think that, that you know, back when that movie came out, back when that, that film came out, uh, I didn't watch it at first because, you know, why am I going to, as, as a, a functional, why am I going to watch a film? And I didn't have kids then. So why am I going to watch a film, you know, a children's movie? This is kind of weird. And then eventually at some point down the road I did. And I was like, oh, wow. Um, th now this is fascinating. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's so the, the whole, but the whole idea, like the, you know, everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Everything is awesome. Like that whole, the songs the bread and circuses when all the workers are, are walking around and they're like, Oh, it's taco Tuesday. All right. You know, it's taco. Everybody loves taco Tuesday. And, you know, and, Oh, I love wings. Yeah. And, and I mean, like on one level, it's all jokes. Cause these are like Lego tropes, I guess. Um, but, uh, th these are things that fathers step on in the middle of the night, by the way. And they, they, uh, hurt like hell. So, uh, all y'all out there know what I'm talking about. But, um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, on an, on another level though, like when we apply that to society, the larger society, you know, everybody in different social castes exists on, you know, with, with a certain rule set and that rule set includes how you dress, how you talk your uh, level of relative level of education, the people that you associate with that that's, that's all. These are those implicit rules of society that we define as being mores, right? And with those mores, you have different rules and, you know, the, some, some rules are codified as law. And this is what we call law. But as we vibrantly know in 2024, the year of our Lord, 2024, that the law and in particular criminal law and civil law torts only apply in certain circumstances to the mega wealthy and they go after who they want and they omit who they don't. 
you know, and um, it, it's it's fascinating how all this breaks down. Very fascinating how all this breaks down. You know, we see that with Letitia James and uh, Alfred Newfman, the judge, apparently, uh, you know, when he's not posing for the cover of Mad Magazine, he poses as a judge in New York, uh, you know, just giving a declaratory judgment against Trump for a very shaky case. I'm not a lawyer. I don't pretend to be one, but there are many lawyers out there that say, hey, this is bullshit. Um, and, you know, we see it, though. It's self-evident, right? It's self-evident. We know what this is. And then Letitia James coming out saying, well, hey, we're just, we're just going to seize all this stuff. We'll seize Trump Tower. Yeah, this is this is depotism, right? That's what this is. And we see it. Like, we, it, it is self-evident. And if you don't see this for what this is, okay, th this is uh, Fidel Castro at peak Fidel Castro. This is Mao Zedong at peak Mao Zedong, right? We see it. It's out there. But with that said, my, my larger point is, is that different stations in life have different rules by which people operate. And different social systems operate based on your caste. And we like to say in America that we like this, this uh, idea that we don't have that. But that's bullshit. We absolutely do. Right? We absolutely do. And, you know, if you don't believe that, this is what I want you to do. This is something that uh, I used to tell sociology students every once in a while. I want you to go get the raggediest car you can find. Like the, the absolute white trash chariot special, a 2002 Chevy um, fucking, uh, Malibu. you know, whatever, right? Yeah, well, not a Malibu. Well, yeah, yeah, you could probably get away with a Malibu. What am I thinking of? A, not, not a Cavalier. Uh, what was the thing that took the place of a Cavalier? The Cobalt? I don't remember. It. Cobalt. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Cobalt. Get get a get an early 2000s Chevy Cobalt. Get it in, you know, whatever color you like. Yellow. Highlighter yellow is a real good one for this. Right? Or white. And drive it down a dirt road. Get it good and dirty. And then I want you to go drive around the wealthiest part of town. Go to the wealthiest part of town. Because all cities, all of them, doesn't matter what the size of the city is. You got a wealthy part of town. And if you don't know where the wealthy part of town is, then you poor and you grew up in a poor place. All right. But everybody knows where the wealthy people live, where they reside, where the upper level management of whatever companies, anchor companies of a place where they reside. And I want you to, to drive that car around in there and see the looks that you're going to get. Cops will end up showing up. They, they're going to show up because you're a suspicious vehicle. Right. That's the way that that goes. That's that is an outward showing. You got a right to travel. You got a right to go, you know, wherever. Right. It's a quote unquote free country. However, however, there are implicit rules. Show up to a formal function. Underdressed. See, see how people react to you. And in turn, in turn, here's another fun sociology thing go to a informal event very overdressed and see how that works out you people be looking at you weird right you know i've i've got a white dinner jacket 
tuxedo, black tie, right, that I wear on on very formal occasions. And if I were to wear that just to, you know, Tommy's dive bar down the road, right, where all the bikers and, and rednecks hang out, and I were to walk in there like that, they're going to be giving me dirty looks. Just like, who the hell is this guy? You know? Like what in there? Yeah, it's just it, it's strange. That's that is an outward showing of those implicit rules, implicit versus explicit. Explicit is what is actually promulgated, right? But there are implicit rules too, and this is these are things that when you violate them, people react to it in a, a in a negative way, right? And so the the Lego movie is good. Uh, exploration of that anyway i tell you all that because we that kind of goes into this next story we've got angela chow right angela chow so this is the sister-in-law of senator mitch mcconnell uh you know if my voice wasn't as, as jacked up i promise you all out there i'm not doing an imitation of alex jones I'm not even trying to this is just um, anyway, but I, this is where I normally do my, my imitation of Mitch McConnell, but I, I, don't, I don't think I can pull it off tonight. Uh, him so disappointed after the election. So, so disappointed. Did did not go the way that we thought it was going to go. We're all quite disappointed in the way the election turned out. But, well, anyway, I can't pull it off. But, um, I tried. I tried. Couldn't do it. Anyway, Angela Chow is his sister-in-law. Uh, Elaine Chow, of course, is his wife. And they are the daughter of James Chow, uh, who is the founder and former CEO of Foremost, uh, who has deep ties to the Chinese Communist Party. He was a personal friend of the former president of China, Jiang Zemin, uh, who is one of the forebears of Xi Jinping as leader of the Chinese Communist Party. Anyhow, uh, Angela Chow was a board member of CCP's Bank of China and a Chinese shipbuilding company, which builds ships for the CCP Navy. So that would be the People's Liberation Army Navy. Uh, she's married to a guy named Jim Breyer, and they had a joint venture firm, IDG Capital, which was just added to the list of the Chinese military companies by the Pentagon on February 9th, a day before Angela's death. And of course, this post here, which I shared on Twitter coming from Z Van Fleet. Um, who is certainly worth a follow, uh, a former Chinese national. And uh, in his bio here is a survivor of Mao's Cultural Revolution. And uh, he's got a book out there, Mao's America book. But uh, anyhow, uh, he's got some pictures of her and um, uh, President Biden and their children, and of course his wife Elaine Chow, as well. Really creepy photo there with Biden got his get his hands on their little girl. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't let that sicko anywhere near any kids. But um, anyhow, this this is very fascinating. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, any anytime somebody does, but her car goes into a pond in Blanca County, Texas. 
Okay, car goes into a pond. This happened two weeks ago. No public info. You haven't seen this. It hasn't been breaking news on Fox, on mainstream media, right? Nobody's talking about any of this. Probably not too many people knew who Angela Chow even was, right? And, you know, she magically dies in a, a freak accident, right, in her car. Uh-huh. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Something doesn't smell uh, right to me. There's something rotten in the state of Texas going on here. And there's there's a lot of deep ties with the Chinese Communist Party. There's a lot of deep ties with Democrats. There's a lot of deep ties with Republicans, with the Uniparty, with the deep state. This is uh, not looking good. And uh, again, doesn't smell right. Guys, y'all's take. I mean, the deep state exists. I'm shocked to hear this. Shocked, I tell you. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so you have a couple of options here, given who she is and what she did. Uh, was it the deep state or was it the MSS? The MSS is perfectly capable of conducting this type of an operation within the continental U.S. Of course. Why would they do that, though? Well, Mitch McConnell may have fallen out of favor with them over some stances he may have taken, and it's a way to shake his wife back in line. Mm. Well, that that's interesting. I don't disagree at all, by the way. Uh, yeah. it, it, I'm... It's fascinating. I, I don't think the Chinese would have done it, though. Yo, I, I don't think so either. I'm just saying it's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I think I, between this, the Catherine Herridge story, uh, some other interesting anomaly that, that have been coming out. I'm not saying the Chinese didn't do it because um, they would, but... This this smells a whole lot more like like uh like our style of doing business. Yeah, I, I that was I was gonna say maybe you know, but I, I think she might not have survived an interrogation. It says uh, the New York Post article, you know, describes the car crash and drowning in a lake in a wealthy part of town. 60 miles west of her home in Texas. But then it states, the cause of her death has not been determined. Oh, I, I thought it was crashing into a lake and drowning. Okay. And then the next sentence is, they do not expect foul play. It's like, okay. Of course right. not. You should always be suspicious yeah, totally. when they say, we don't know the cause of death, but it's not foul play. Well... We know she didn't fall down an elevator shaft and land on some bullets. That's for sure. Um, but I, I mean, this article reads like something out of a 1984 novel, like, like, were, you know, I mean, the guy himself is rewriting the article. So it, it goes over a little smoothly with the public. While working for Insock. 
<laughs> this is it is interesting though. I mean she has she had no kids, huh? Interesting. Like a good little Chinese communist. Anyway. Yeah, man. Weird. Weird. Patriot man. Your take. You in here? Did you go away? What happened? All right. Uh, so, <laughs> going once, going twice. Maybe he's busy at Fish the game. Bar. I don't know. He's, yeah, that's what it sounds like. Hey, man, I mean, you know, we all have our thing that we like, you know, and, and whatever. You do that thing that you like. Uh, she does that thing that I like. <laughs> Although I will point no. out that you and I were accused of playing gay sex music over the weekend. Well, you know, that, that was part of a uh, that was I, I did not know that Rudyard Kipling's boots was uh, described in, in such a vulgar manner. But uh, anyhow, I'll be honest, but... I, I had at least one person reach out to me since we've been back saying, hey, man, what was the name of that thing you guys were playing? Because I want to play that at home. That was really cool. Oh, no. So don't play it at home. It's weird. <laughs> Infantry Columns by Rudyard Kipling. You can you can find it on YouTube. Uh, there, there's the, the original version. Um, yeah, it was on YouTube, but <laughs> anyway, it's, it's good, good stuff, interesting stuff, you know. But, um, yeah, it's one of those things, but uh, yeah, th this whole case, though, going back to this, um, you know, she, uh, I don't know, she, she's. I the way that I interpret this, and I might be looking too deep into this, but I don't think I am. Uh, it, my intuition on this is that somebody in DC is trying to cover some mega tracks, and they are trying to to put a rift between connections that they have with the CCP and and DC, and you know we we know that those are really deep. Uh, they've been deep since Nixon and, you know, Nixon and Kissinger made the Chinese Communist Party what it became. Kind of ironically enough, they took uh, the Chinese communists and, and made them a capitalist class of people, which is very fascinating. And, and it's just interesting sociologically how they uh, this social this, this microcosm of a social order develops uh, over time. But the, the CCP, the, there are two things that are happening right now simultaneously. Uh, the CCP is further becoming autonomous on its own, and it, they, they want their own stake in the world. And the, the uh, corrupt caricature of Washington, D.C. is thinking that, that you know, it's still the good old days 
where they can just continue to manage the chaos. And this is just business as usual when the CCP is, is saying, you know, Hey, we want a greater stake in the world. And, and, you know, maybe, maybe Washington DC has outgrown its usefulness, not America, by the way, not America, uh, because they very much need America. They need, uh, the people of the United States just for the exportation of their goods. They absolutely need that. You know, us, us and the Chinese economically are, are tied at the hip in many ways. But in saying that, uh, policymakers are a different category. That, that is a different consideration altogether. And so when, you know, we're looking at the big picture here, this is kind of like, you know, you know, two people are, are going to fight at some point and they quit making eye contact with one another. You know, that, that, that whole thing, if you ever seen, you know, two guys, they're going to fight at some point, they stop making eye contact with one another. Well, that's kind of the, the principle behind this right here. Washington, D.C., the, the elements and the, the power, the real power in D.C. is trying to, to put uh, ties or cut those ties, rather put some distance between them and Chinese Communist Party and saying, you know, hey, we're not above because they're organized crime, too. I mean, Michael Francis did a, a, a several very excellent commentaries on this. Uh, this principle that government is is organized crime just in in a different form a slightly different format very slightly but i think that that you know that's them saying to the chinese communist party hey we ain't scared of schwacking somebody and we're gonna do it and you know that we did it you know and there ain't a damn thing you can do about it and that's somebody who was close to both of our governments Right there. We're willing to do that. And um, I think that's going to get particularly nasty. And so it's it's kind of a, a pendulum at this point going back and forth. you know. And, and when reports are coming out that the Chinese are turning out ships and, and large vessels, by the way, um, you know, and I don't necessarily mean capital ships, but they're turning out destroyers and frigates like there's no tomorrow. And we can't even get one turned out a year that that manages to function properly. That's cause for concern. And we can say, you know, technologically, we've got all these experienced crews, and you know, and and all oh, they, you know, they we they're way behind the technological curve. Man, you might be spot on about that. I don't know. I'm not the expert, but I do know. That if they're all firing at once, so like let's say you know they got double the size of vessels for in, in a surface fleet than we do, and they're all firing their guns at once, and you know they only got to get lucky one time, and I mean they do. It, it's they have uh, twice the missile cells that we do on their vessels. So uh, last. Last I remember looking this up a week ago, we have like 2,000 missile cells on our ships, maybe 2,500, and they have over 4,000. Uh, know, 4,000 anti-ship missiles is a lot of anti-ship missiles. That's a lot. Yeah. I just, I really think... 
You'd run out of yeah. Sea Whiz is going to run out of ammo. That's why they're talking about switching to these lasers because they're unlimited ammo. You don't have to reload them. You don't have to clean them. But the the gap between the firing times is the problem. Yeah, um, yeah, they do need to know, recharge. And, yeah, it, it's. Uh, I, I mean, it. And here's the thing: is is that how do you defeat high tech with low tech? You know, with low tech, that's how you do it. That's how you defeat high tech. And so China knows that. Like they they all know that, man. Like look at the Houthis. Look at, you know, their their implementation of drones fairly cheaply and look at how successful it's been compared to how much money we're spending to just try and swat them down. I mean, this is the it, it's a numbers game at the end of the day. Yeah. And, it's uh, like th- comparing a T eighty tank to a M one Abrams. It's like you make ten times as many T eighties. You know, yeah. it's still a pretty good tank. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, Ukraine. Like, look, look at Ukraine. They can they say whatever they want, but you know, it's it's a numbers game. At the end of the day, it's a numbers game, and um, it's we're we're just really. Uh, I don't know. To, to my larger point is right now. You know, we we thought that well, we. Not we, but Washington, D.C., the deep state, the power elite, you know, whatever it is, however you want to define them. But the power structure in Washington, D.C. thought that they could manage all this chaos, um, and they can't. They can't. And, you know, what what I was saying about that class of society, the ruling class, they operate on a completely different level and different set of rules, you know, than we do, they can cover up a murder like this. It's easy, you know, and, and we all know it, right? We all know exactly what it is. Can't, can't prove it. Never going to be able to prove it, but there's a message that's being sent there that, um, you know, here it is. This is what we're doing. This is what we're going to do. And I think that, um, this, the cyber attacks, cell phone outage, uh, it's it's the beginning of something much bigger. I hope I'm wrong. By the way, I you know I I don't want to be right about this stuff, but uh, I I think that is definitely this is definitely the the we're on that path, man. We are on that path. What say y'all? Uh, I well I'm reading uh I'm reading a book right now called it is called. Hold on, I got it right here. It's called The Origins of Victory. How Disruptive Military Innovation Determines the Fate of Great Powers by Andrew F. Krepanovich Jr. And uh, it's it's excellent. Uh, it opens with um, the radios, rifles, and railroads being the the beginning of being the beginning of like the 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 race to be for like a peer near peer conflict because prior to that pretty much everyone was on equal ground with you know black powder rifles and and you know 15 foot pikes and formations and then when 
when the railroad and, and the rifle and the and the and the um and the and the telegraph came out that completely changed everything like it 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 was well beyond just shooting each other it it there was a uh it, you could move more troops quicker they were fresh when they got to the battle because of the railroad and every couple of generations there's been these these bigger innovations and the book actually uh discusses how world war one is just like a really big big like high-tech version of the american civil war and 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 all the sides pretty much had all the equal equipment and they were just slaughtering each other uh but then he jumps to world war ii when you start seeing uh, well, the Germans did this, but they were putting radios in every airplane, radios in every tank, um, radios on every, you know, artillery unit. And, uh, and, and, and that became the standard, you know, when the, when the Soviets didn't have radios in their tanks, they were getting slaughtered, but because they were using flags and hand signals to, to run, uh, armored, um, uh, operate uh, armored operations and um but as soon as they started getting radios in their tanks they kind of started winning and uh and then so the cold war is defined by uh this 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 race for well they had the ultimate rifle right so that kind of that kind of ended things with the with the advent of the, the nuclear weapon that would be like the ultimate rifle right and uh and then of course the the railroad at that time would have been the uh, the advent of of improved roads, um, and then long range aircraft such as the B twenty nine bomber, like it, it gets you to the battlefield uh, efficiently and quickly, and you're right over top of the enemy, just like a railroad would get you right to the front line. And uh, and then and then um, it, and then he he discusses uh, the electromagnetic warfare shifting to the electromagnetic spectrum, which is would kind of take the place of the telegraph and now we're in this phase where it's looking like the new rifle the new rifle is these these drones and and uh and probably the new um the new railroad is potentially the internet and even and and then at the same time the new telegraph is potentially also the internet and so you know where this is going to go we'll see but these new hypersonic missiles could be the new rifle as well but we haven't seen those really hit the battlefield yet and 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 scout as you were saying i mean do you spend 10 million dollars making a missile or do you make a 10,000 drones you know like which one's the better weapon i would go with 10,000 drones yeah and, and it there's a lot of evidence saying that that that's the wise move I mean, a, a mountain of evidence. Uh, Joe, what say you, brother? No, I, I, I agree. Um, I think that we're headed down a really bad path. There's a lot of things coming up and that uh, I think asymmetric threats are the biggest biggest problem we have right now. Everyone's thinking that there's going to be one, one big grand event. Instead, it's going to be a collection of small events that push this whole society over the edge. And all of these things that we've talked about tonight, whether it's the the 
the what appears to be an unconventional warfare operation against the Chow family, whether it's by the deep state or the, or the Chinese, doesn't really matter. It's still a sim- symptom of a, of a bigger cause. Uh, these uh, communications outages that are going on, the um, really guerrilla warfare being waged in Transnistria, uh, or guerrilla politics anyway, uh, and everything. And they're all just pointing to the world coming to a greater conflagration, really. Uh, in that uh, we need to be paying attention and be disconnecting ourselves as much as we can from that grid and from these systems of power that are that are out here fighting. So everyone wants to make the left and right argument. Doesn't matter. Neither side is really going to get us what we want, which is freedom and, and, and to be left alone. Uh, that's not beneficial to either side. So uh, I think that uh, everything we've talked about tonight is a sign of bigger things to come and we need to be thinking more freedom-minded rather than which side should win, if that makes any sense. It makes perfect sense. You know, they, they, and that's something that I had a conversation about with different uh, people over the, the course of the past six days um, is that you know, a lot of people on the right fall into this trap of it. They do it on the left too, but kind of in a different way, different times. But on the right, contemporarily, right now, because this is what's in in everybody's mind, uh, they fall into this trap of the the this or that, right? The the binary thinking, and you know, we, we saw it with Ukraine and, and Russia. Oh, if you, you don't fly a Ukrainian flag, you're fucking Russian plant. No. Um, you know, I don't really think that there's been anybody in the alternative media that's been calling out Russia and China, by the way, their big moves and what they've been doing, uh, their goals in South America and the clear and present danger that is to the United States in the wake of our failings. I've been calling that out since 2015. Um, I've been writing about it. You can you can look at all the articles. I, I'm I, I've been covering this in depth. You know, you can point to you know journalists or whatever. You know, um, uh, Michael Jackson's former Neverland bodyguard who testified in his defense, his child molestation case. That guy going down to the Darien Gap. If you don't believe me? Go look it up. Right, that dude, oh, well, went down to the during, who cares, dude? You testified defending a pedo, uh, period. And that's why I, I won't even mention your name. People can look it up. People can look it up. I don't care. You defended a pedo. You looked the other way on that. You defended him on the witness stand. I don't care what you do since then. There is absolutely no, 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 no remorse for that. Or, or reprieve from that, rather, in my mind. But anyway, it, that being, and that's why I'll never share anything that that guy does, ever. You will never, ever see me ever sharing anything that dude does. But, um, and it's it's in Wikipedia, too, by the way. It's there. You can look it up. But, uh, you know, with that said, people fall into this trap of, you know, this, this or that. We saw it with Ukraine. Um. You know, if, if you don't, you're not running out there flying a Ukrainian flag. We saw a lot of boomers fall, fall into that trap. A lot of right wing boomers. Oh, but, but, but they needed more. The Ukrainians are fighting the Russians. Like, all right. Um, 
here's the deal, you know, there's a more effective way to fight. If you want to, if you want to fight the nation's enemies, first of all, you put the fucking people in charge that can actually win. Not the same cast of clowns that lost two back-to-back wars. And the wars that they went off and started in the wake of those two wars, that they clearly lost. They didn't win those either, by the way. Libya, complete failed state. Syria, we got run out of Syria. We got run out. They went in there. They started a bunch of problems to try and get rid of Bashar Assad. They didn't get rid of him. He's still there, right? There's uh, substantial evidence that, that we at least had some hand in the creation of ISIS at some point along the way. And that's still causing problems for people. Boy, that's real convenient that they sort of kind of show up on the scene, right? Uh, you know, when, when we leave a place, which is exactly what happened and continues to happen, just like clockwork. And, uh, you know, that's another failure, right? So you don't keep those same people in charge, except in 2020 and forward in America, we do keep those people in charge. We just leave them right where they are, right? which is exactly what we did. The same cast of clowns that couldn't find their ass from a hole in the ground. The you know, Department of Defense, they can't seem to win a war. They can't defend the borders. They can't defend the homeland. Homeland security, that's a joke, right? Is it, yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and so here we are, right? Uh, where I'm going with all that is, is that, People on the right fall into this trap of it's either this or that. It's binary thinking. It's Coke or Pepsi, right? Because this is what we've been introduced to. It's the only way that, that a lot of Americans, by and large, are able to think. And we're not able to critically analyze anything anymore. Just because you are critical of uh, America's foreign policy, it does not make you a quote-unquote Russian agent. That's bullshit. Um if you wanted to fight them, you wanted to defeat them, then you reinstate the Monroe Doctrine and you get serious about taking care of our allies in South Central America. You know, you get behind a guy like Javier Malay. You get behind a guy like Bolsonaro, right? You get behind the, the real freedom fighters in Nicaragua. You, you know, you, you, you try and push out the Ortega regime. You get behind the guys, the, the brave souls in Cuba who are begging, begging for outside help, literally begging. We had somebody in Cuba, by the way, recently we took a trip there, had some interesting observations, right? They're begging, begging for social change. They want to be a friend of the United States and we just aren't taking advantage of it because we're not competent enough to. We, have, we can completely push out the Chinese Communist Party. We can completely shut out the Russian influence down there if we really we really wanted to, if we put our minds to it. And we would have a very receptive audience. Look at Bukele in El Salvador. Look at how successful he is, how he had a standing ovation coming into CPAC. Because that's a man who knows how to lead a country, right? And it doesn't even make him a conservative. It makes him a strong statesman, period, period, end of story. That's what we need. And that's not what we're getting. That's not what we're getting. That's not what we're getting from the Republican Party. That's not what we're getting from the Democrat Party. We're not getting that in D.C. That is the appeal behind Trump. And I don't, I'm not so sure that we're going to get it with Trump either. You know, we, we 
kind of came out of the gate strong, but they, they're not going to fix things. Okay. DC's not going to get fixed from within. Doesn't mean that you're a foreign asset. Doesn't mean that, you know, oh, well, he, he's, he's cheerleading. No. Um, Joe, just as you pointed out, you know, they, they fall into this trap of a this or that. And you have to understand that these other countries, these enemy countries, China, Russia, they want the United States destabilized because they can take advantage of it, right? They can take advantage of it from within. But they are no worse enemy at this point. And this is the this is the caveat that, that throws a lot of people off. And I don't have an answer for this, by the way. But they are uh, no worse an enemy than I think the American government is to itself at this point. And that's sad. That is tremendously sad at this at, at this point. Uh, but it is a condition of which they have created. We certainly cannot continue to exist with the contemporary left. Can't happen. We cannot exist, uh, continue to, to function socially with the overmedication, with the, the, uh, the, the cultural rot that we see that's on display. And there seems to be no check for it. Um, something's got to give. Pressure's got to bust a pipe. And uh, unfortunately, we're not gaining a, a, a grasp on the situation on the border either uh, and, and probably will not until it's it's I think it's too late now. Uh, just giving a sober assessment of it. I, I think that it's, it's beyond time that, it's, that we should have done something. But we, we've got sleepers coming in. And so right now, the way that I see it, you know, the Cat 5 hurricane is hitting. Right, it, it's it's gonna hit it. We see it; it's coming. And so, right now, um, don't know what that trigger event, what that final straw is gonna be. But I, I just have this real bad feeling looking at it, um, totality of the circumstances that that it we're just headed there, man. Uh, I, I don't know what it's gonna be. I don't know what timeline we're on. Um, I would say that this year is going to be really, really interesting uh, headed into the election. We're, we're going to see some crazy times. And here's the thing is I don't think the the outcome of this election, I, I, I don't think it has any bearing on, on exactly what's about to go down in the United States uh, because, it, you know, let's say Trump wins and – Immediately, you're going to see international moves, big ones. You're going to see domestic moves. You know, Antifa uh, 3.0 is going to come out of the gate swinging, and that and and I mean that's a fact. It is a fact. Um, and they they are neck deep in in uh, foreign assets as well. I mean, if if you think that the Russians don't have deep ties with Antifa. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party don't have deep ties with Antifa. You know, I got a bridge to sell you. Um, you know, it, it it's they they absolutely do. Um, they're playing they're playing all sides of this thing because the the goal is destabilization. You know, if Biden wins it again, again destabilization. That's what they're looking for. Um, you know, and and you have uh, Putin saying that that he wants Biden to win. 
you know, because they he's he's an ineffectual leader. Um, and and those are going to be the two candidates, by the way. Everybody thinking that you know, oh, all of a sudden they're going to pull bait and switch on. Nope, nope. They painted themselves into a corner with him. He is definitely, definitely one hundred percent going to be running. Uh, so, anyhow, guys, uh, what say y'all? Well, I think I already just said it. Johnny. <laughs> Johnny. Uh, I I I couldn't agree with you more. And it uh I think we are gonna see some more destabilization like we see in Haiti right now. We're we're currently having an influx of Haitians in Maryland. Um I think we're getting like 300 of them a day. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't doubt if that was, you know, there's uh, hostile state actors involved in destabilizing Haiti. And, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And it's going to be more of the same until we can get somebody in office that puts their foot down and says, you know, who are these people? <laughs> like, wh why are we bringing them into our country? Um, it, you know, we have housing for immigrants, but we don't seem to have housing for Americans. And, and the housing we do have for Americans is twice the price because you got to pay for an illegal immigrant's house, too. I mean, it, it, you can't give something away for free. Somebody's got to pay for it. And, uh, and, and, I mean, not only that, but we're not just bringing in poor people from other countries, but we're, we're bringing in the smart, hardworking ones, too. And they're displacing people as well. I mean, if, pull up the uh, pull up, pull up the professional profile of any any business and go through the go through all the people that work there. And, and I mean, it's. It's not like people from the Midwest that went to college that are getting hired at these jobs. It's it's people from like India. I mean, it's and they're taking like hundred thousand dollar jobs away from people that were told their whole lives go to college and work hard and and you'll be successful. And well, guess what? Somebody from India came to this country a year before you. They have the exact same credentials. And they got the job before you got it, and they're going to be at that job for the next forty or fifty years. Like they're not going to retire, you know. Like it's like it, that job is off the market forever. And I, you know, it's so we're you know, right. I mean, we're really in a lot of trouble. I mean, like you know, we we really are in a lot of trouble, and we're not just going to see when it when it if it if it or when rather uh, we start seeing the unemployment riots i actually don't think they're going to be quote unemployment riots I, I think they're going to be underemployment riots where people are like tired of working their asses off for nothing and they finally realize that they're going to be working an entry-level job for the next 40 or 50 years i mean there's not going to be any upward mobility when we're bringing in ceos from china to work at our companies i mean that doesn't make any sense at all, because China doesn't let us go to their companies and take over their country. They won't let you get a visa for that. Right. 
bad. It's, I'm not just worried about the guys with guns and fentanyl. I mean, it's what about what about the fact that there's a, a 25 year old kid that is making you know 40 grand a year for the rest of his life? I mean, that's that's miserable, man. It's, a, it's like a death sentence. You know, he ain't gonna be able to you know find a wife or raise a family. I mean, you've you've essentially genocided an entire group of people because they can't afford to have a family. Yeah. And and that's one of those things, man, I, that, uh, you know, again, just a few minutes left on the clock. It, that That's a, a extremely deep topic to get into, you know, that, that there's a, a whole generation that came before the Gen X generation. It's going to trigger some people, but they laid the groundwork for all this. They're still the ones in charge now, right? They created these policies and, and that is what we we're doing. They, they're the policymakers, you know, mm -hmm. they didn't. Yeah. We, it, it, and, and they created this that's squarely at the feet. And when you talk about how uh, the family farms were split up, how you know we we sold everything off for subdivisions and moving, you know the, the great migrations all these places created all this up right you can't get big tracts of land you can't do that so the like the idea of the the classical family farm that that's pretty much gone right pretty much gone the 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 idea that you know you you can do that you could build what what's a real generational wealth all that's gone right that idea is gone they fucking killed it right they they fucking killed that because it was easier for a certain generation that had had you know their their uh they 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 literally inherited the world it was easier to make timeshares out of that little castles in the sand that are fucking meaningless and destroy their nation in the process. That's exactly what happened. And that's a realization that we've all come to now. If you don't believe me, by the way, and you happen to live in the South and you don't believe me, it's a specific to the South, go find your local Dixiecrat. Cause there's still some out there. Go find your local Dixiecrat and just ask them, ask them, They'll tell you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I inherited my dad's 80 acres. Split it up. Sold it to a bunch of different people. Put double wides on it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I bought my, bought my house down the Outer Banks. Put it on Rodanth. It's falling in the ocean now. You know? Because Rodanth is just a giant sandbar. Yeah, yeah, but we bought it. See? We bought it. No, no, it was totally cool. It's totally cool. You know, it, it, it. <laughs> that's what they did. That's what it is. If you want to know what the problem is in America in a nutshell, that's it right there. And And you apply that same principle at the macro level, that same thinking at the macro level to everything else. Of we don't give a shit. We're just gonna sell you out. We're gonna sell the next generation out. We don't give a damn, right? We're gonna make a few bucks now that aren't even worth anything. 
Because inflation is eating it all up. You don't have anything of value. Your land, your ability to produce, that was your generational wealth. And look at what you did. You squandered it. You squandered it and you threw it away. And all the follow-on generations, we don't, we, what, what do we have? We look, that's why we look at you people. That's why we look at you and with, with nothing but contempt. You know, and and, and I, I'm speaking straight from the heart right now. You know, you, you sold it out. And, and so for all you out there who, who oh, I'm going to watch Fox News, I'll be angry about it. Yeah, but then, then I'm going to turn around and I'm gonna look at how much money I made off of selling off every little thing, right? Uh, dude, I know people. White. I know people that graduated from college three years ago. After taxes, they make $1,600 a month. They are working their asses off, and they have to pay about 800 a month in student loans for a yeah. promise that didn't exist. And doesn't exist. You know, we can make to. fun of those poor people all day long on the internet, but the reality is they were told that that was a good idea. A bunch of people were in the room when they were signing all that loan paperwork, and they were telling them, you know, you're going to get a job, you know, for seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 entry job. Well, they're w working at a gas station now. They're working at Amazon and there's no upward mobility. Like, and they are going to be paying these loans off forever. Like it, I mean, it's just so tragic what's happened to this country. And, right. And, and, I mean, these, these people that are 30 years old with a college degree making 50 grand a year living with their parents, they're not doing that because they want to. Like, no. They're doing it because they have to. No, they, they can't. It, and the thing is that their parents are looking to just sell that property off, whatever it is. So, oh, it, well, well, we'll just take it and we'll go travel. We'll go travel the world. We'll just blow it all on travel. We're going to go see a bunch of things. And they're literally clueless. They're literally clueless. So they, oh, I want to go. I want to go see London. Yeah, you want to go see Sadiq Khan's London where you get battery acid thrown at you? Yeah, boy, really, that's uh, that, yeah, how cosmopolitan. Anyway, like folks. Literally no reason to go to London. <laughs> no. It, these are things that I've heard, though. These are things that I've heard. These are conversations that I've, I've been privy to. Anyway, folks, uh, <laughs> lively episode, running out of time, last call for alcohol, absolutely. Uh, you know, we will be back on the air next week. I'm going to be headed to South Carolina for a course, so next Thursday will be no Sons of Liberty, but I got more episodes coming up, some really awesome interviews coming up going into the next week. Look forward to hearing from all of you. God bless, and I will talk to you again very, very soon. This is NC Scout.